We've all heard so much information about the importance of good gut health, but what does that really mean? Today's guest will help us unravel some of the mystery around autoimmune disease and the gut. In part one of this podcast, we will learn about William Dickinson and his own health journey through chronic fatigue. He'll share about his dehabilitating fatigue and the year and a half he spent bedbound, researching everything he could about the gut and the microbiome. We'll delve into his own healing journey and he'll uncover the links between autoimmune disease, most notably MS, and the infamous leaky gut. We'll learn what intestinal hyperpermeability means and how it plays into the disease process. William will also introduce us into his research about the five pillars of good gut health. So crank up that volume because it's time to listen to your gut. Hello, MS Gym family. So glad you could join me uh, for the start of a new season. I'm really excited today to be interviewing uh, my next guest. Now, um, William, I first met him actually at another MS um, summit, and I was really intrigued by a lot of the things he said. And I think it will really pertain um, to you as well and your journey of healing with MS. So um, William's specialty is kind of the gut and um, the idea of the microbiome. And so I'm really um, excited to, to hear him speak to you guys about the connection between the gut and autoimmune disease. So William, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So obviously our, our hearers can't see you, but they can hear by your accent. So can you tell us uh, kind of where you're from and where you are even right now? So just listening, you might you might guess that I'm in the UK, but I'm not. I am from the UK, but I currently live in Portugal. And that actually played a, that, that move played a significant role in my, in my healing process, actually. It's quite, quite, quite interesting part of my story. So William, when you um, kind of tell a, a bit about your history and how you became so educated about the gut, like what kind of health problems have you had in the past? We have to go uh, a couple of years back now to, to really get to the start of this. To be honest, we'd probably have to go all the way back to the day that I was conceived because I've had the, the foundations of my shaky health established since birth. But we'll fast forward to, say, age 17, 18, which is when things really started to part. So I had a myriad of different root causes. Root causes are a really important thing with any type of chronic illness. In essence, we're looking at what is the actual cause. So with many many approaches in mainstream and even alternative healthcare, we're just looking at symptoms and we're looking at symptom management. But root cause is about understanding what is actually causing the symptoms to present and express, figuring out what that is and fixing that, and then the symptom goes away. So I had a myriad of different root causes. I actually had five in total. I had an unresolved trampoline accident. So I had a nerve subluxation in my neck. So you've probably heard of the vagus nerve, probably heard of a lot of other peripheral nerves that come out of the cervical spine. These control your digestive function, your breathing, all of your autonomic nervous system. So that's basically all of the parts of your body that you don't consciously think about. Mm -hmm. So I had that was pressed. So the signaling from my body coming to my brain and my brain going to my body was somewhat malfunctional. So although my roots weren't in MS, I can relate to having neurological problems in in this way because this was very neurological in its nature i definitely had a suboptimal diet leading up to that point um 
on top of that, we've got medications. So the first thing we do when we have a, a chronic health problem or even it doesn't start chronic, it starts acute. So for me, it was my digestive system isn't functioning anymore. I'm, I'm constipated. Why am I having heart palpitations? This is scary. I'll go to the doctor. So I went to the doctor. They just said, you've got anxiety. You'll be fine. Here's some medication. Here's some um, they were antispasmodic drugs known as buscopan which is actually a, a, a nerve toxin is the way that it functions. It disables the functions of the, of the nerves in the gut. Um, so it gave me that, a fiber supplement, which was really helpful because it made me more constipated and said, it's idiopathic. There's nothing we can really do about it. Um, we could do some more tests for you, but you're not really that severe yet. So we had to wait a few years before it really started to get bad before they even wanted to investigate that any further. And then when they did, it was again, idiopathic. There's nothing really wrong. We can't see anything. So. You're not getting any answers there so that was also um, very problematic that didn't help that only that only made things worse throw on top of that some a nice sprinkling of childhood trauma that's that's always going to help everybody in their in their illness and their illness and healing uh, process and the straw that broke the camel's back was a water damaged building it was full of mold and i was exposed to an extremely high amount of mycotoxins for I'll say three, maybe four years. So you had a, you had a lot of factors kind of working against yes. you. How did that manifest symptom-wise in your life? I kind of can't remember half of this. You know, it was really traumatic. I had such a massive list of symptoms. Some that I can that I can that I can tell you about in in more detail. Constipation was a huge thing for me. So yeah, I would go ten days without going for a bowel movement, and it was so painful. Every bowel movement was basically traumatic for me. As you, you probably know, as you don't go to the toilet, you accumulate toxicity in your body, started to develop chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia. So I basically had systemic fatigue in my body. And if you've, if you've really experienced what chronic fatigue syndrome is, you know it's not just feeling tired. It's like feeling like your body is just made out of metal and you're just, it's, everything's so heavy. And you wake up and you feel like you've run a marathon the day before, even though you didn't do anything, you just, just tried to stay alive. So it got to the point where I couldn't cook for myself. I couldn't take care of myself. I went through a couple of, couple of years, not really receiving any support. I then managed to get myself on maximum rate disability allowance in the United Kingdom. So I was acknowledged as being disabled. I was so severely ill, I had a full-time carer. So my dad's job was basically to take care of me because I was so incapable of taking care of myself. I was completely debilitated. In my case as well, this also I also experienced a lot of problems around in my face and my eyes. So I was not only was I bedridden from this pain and fatigue, but I was also blinded by it as well. So I would spend 23 and a half hours a day in my bed with my eyes closed with one of those airplane sleeping masks on my, on my face. And this was my existence for about a year and a half. The, I call these my the dark days because they were really dark. Obviously, I had my eyes closed and they were dark mood wise as well i basically had suicidal depression anxiety panic attacks every single day i basically just wished i could die i, I didn't see any way out none of the doctors were giving me any answers and it, my my daily life was just misery i just couldn't understand why me why is this happening to me why does nobody understand what's happening to me why is nobody helping me is this going to be my life forever because if it is i will kill myself i'm not doing this this is this is not a life that is livable it sounds like your symptoms were so extreme and yeah. unfortunately so many obviously people with ms can relate to a lot of the symptoms mm -hmm. constipation 
fatigue, uh-huh. depression, you know, even the loss of hope and, and, and those things. So it's definitely very relatable. So yeah. obviously, you know, we're talking today. So obviously there something happened in that process. You, you were educated or you educated yourself in some way to, to move towards a path of healing as opposed to a path of illness. Yes. So this looked like in, in practicality, this looked like I went to every doctor and alternative practitioner that I could find and afford. I was really just left to kind of figure it out by myself. Even the people that I could speak with and were trying to help me didn't provide me any meaningful insight or information. It really was quite fruitless. So this looked like for those one and a half years when I really was in, the, in a dark place, every time my dad and my brother would go out of the house, they would, my dad would load Google scholarly articles, scientifically referenced papers, all of the information on the internet about the microbiome, about illnesses, about basically everything, everything that the internet had at the time. He would just copy stuff and paste it into a text-to-speak program on his computer. It was called Jez Speaker, so it spoke like in a really robotic voice, and it would basically translate all of that text into words. And I would just lay there for hours, literally like five, six, seven, eight hours in a day, and just absorb this information. And my mind would just boggle through trying to piece this puzzle together and figure out why do I have these symptoms and how do I make them go away? Of all of that that I went through, 95% of it is absolute rubbish. And that's what's really hard is there's so much information on the internet, it's hard to figure out what is actually worth paying attention to. But you can never find that little 5%, I call them golden nuggets. You can't find those golden nuggets unless you sift through that 95% of just other rubbish, trash, garbage. You just can't find it. So those one and a half years were spent filtering through everything that I could find to find those small little golden nuggets that I then used to set set the foundations for my recovery. Just hearing about, you know, your background and and the symptoms you went through and how you've kind of, you've moved out of that um, is, is encouraging. And, you know, it, it, I think it offers a lot of hope to, to see people that have come through such a difficult time. So yeah, I I agree. Maybe it would be nice for me to just help people understand a little bit more about where I am now because healing is a journey and and it's, it's not a destination. So I still have things that I need to work on, but my life is not even comparable to what it was there. So bowel movements, I have complete regularity in my bowel movements, at least one, usually two or three every single day, no problems, no laxatives, no enemas, nothing. It's not even, it's not even a problem I think about anymore, which is such a, such a blessing. One thing I didn't know was I, I became extremely restricted in my diet. I was on, I was stuck on eating about five foods for about five years. So for the big portion of this healing process, I was stuck on a really restrictive, close to carnivore diet. So not quite, I had some exceptions, but I was very close, five foods. Now I can eat anything and everything I want with no or minimal problems. After having a restricted diet for a long time, you've got to expect you lose some digestive capacity, you lose some microbiome diversity. It's going to take some time to build that back up. So if I eat, say, like nuts and seeds that haven't been prepared properly, so they haven't been soaked, haven't been soaked and sprouted, that may cause me some digestive upset. But it's nothing even close to what it was before. So for me now, dietarily, everything is on the table. I don't have any fatigue. I would say I've gone from, at, the, at my worst, stage four adrenal fatigue, like couldn't even really get out of bed really tired. I'm now pushing 
past stage one into complete recovery of adrenal fatigue. So what does this look like practically? It looks like I can train, I can do high intensity workouts, but I can only do them twice a week, not four times a week. So that's, that's massive, you know, to go from completely bedridden, not even being able to care for myself to being an entrepreneur. I have a full, this is my career. I do this is my full-time job. I have a dog. I have a, a fiance, a partner. I, I have a life again. I'm training. I'm doing things, you know, you can really do this. And this is in a, I would say in a short span of five years. So it's definitely possible. If I can do it in five years, I truly believe everybody else can as well. You just have to find those little golden nuggets that I was talking about. That's awesome. So, you know, we kind of, my husband and I, we talked to you, we reference you kind of as, as the gut guy. And cool. so I, I, I want you to share um, kind of your, your masterclass about the leaky gut, because, you know, we hear this term kind of thrown around about leaky gut and in in um we'll say traditional medicine you know they kind of scoff at that but certainly mm-hmm. from alternative or from naturopathic standpoint like people really believe in 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 the gut and even in you know modern day medicine more and more research is being put into the gut being responsible for so many different diseases and especially mm-hmm. autoimmune diseases so i will turn it over to you to kind of share with us some of these golden nuggets that you have uncovered uncovered okay. I'd love to. I'd love to do that. So if we first of all, if we want to make mainstream medicine take us a little bit more seriously, let's let's talk about it in terms that, that they would like to use. So instead of saying leaky gut, that's quite a, a common term. And we'll use that term. But just so you understand, there is scientific backing behind this. The, the, the scientific term for this is gastrointestinal hyperpermeability. So if I say it in these big, long, fancy words, you might put a little bit more weight behind it. But this is the scientific term. So if you are diagnosed with with leaky gut, and that's what you get given in the naturopathic office, or you're talking about it online, scientific term is gastrointestinal hyperpermeability. So if we break that that word down, that big jumbled up sequence of Latin-based words, if we break that down, we can understand what's actually happening here. So gastrointestinal, very simple, just means your digestive system. Hyperpermeability. So hyper means high. So you can think like hyperglycemic, hypercaloric means high. So that's what the, the root of hyper means, as opposed to hypo, which is low. So hyper means increased. And then we have permeability. So the way that you, the best way you can describe permeability is to think about how easy it is for something to pass through something. How, think about a sieve, think about how a sieve works. If you get a sieve and you fill it up with grains of rice, you're not supposed to lose any of the rice. You're, it's just the water and maybe like bits of sediment and bits of starch that get flooded through. But say you were to get a screwdriver and poke a big hole in the sieve. Now the rice is going to start falling through through that. So we've increased the permeability of it. And we've made it so that things that are molecules that are larger, like these rice molecules, are now able to pass through this, through this membrane, through the sieve. So to look at this in the gut, we're going to take this metaphor of the sieve and we're going to apply it to this to this situation in the gut. So think of your gut lining exactly like a sieve. So it's supposed to have a, it's supposed to have many very small holes that only allow the smallest building blocks of foods to come through. So this is proteins once they've been fully broken down into their individual amino acids. So this is like glutamine and taurine and glycine and these really small 
individual amino acids. This is, the, this is the only type of protein that's supposed to absorb through the gut. So it's completely broken down. And we look at, at fats, we want to get our fats broken down as small as possible. So first of all, we need to emulsify them, which means that they become soluble in water. So you can actually absorb them. Then they get absorbed through, through the gut lining into the, into the blood. And finally, we've got sugars. So sugars, these can be like big molecules of starch. They need to be broken down all the way into their single sugar form. So these are things like glucose, galactose, fructose. These are the smallest, smallest single form units of sugar. So it's these, these um, amino acids, these small molecules of fat, these basic single sugar molecules, along with things like vitamins and minerals that are already also incredibly small, that's supposed to come through this sieve. That's all the sieve is supposed to allow through. So what happens when we have increased permeability, when we have leaky gut, when we have a screwdriver punching big holes through this sieve, some of these foods, these, these molecules, these proteins, these bigger fat molecules, these sugars that haven't been fully broken down, start to cross this barrier. They start to leak through the sieve and on the other end of this sieve from your digestive system is your bloodstream. So these leak into your body and now they're in your bloodstream. And this is never supposed to happen. This is really bad and this is really dangerous. When these things are in the blood, you can think they're clogging it up. They're not supposed to be there. It's dangerous. The body doesn't know what these things are. There's full amino, there's full proteins that haven't been broken down yet. So your body says like, what the hell is this? What's going on here? This isn't supposed to be here. So it attacks it, it triggers an immune response. But this isn't even the most sinister part because it's not just the foods that you're eating that aren't digested properly that are leaking through. It's toxins in your environment that you may be exposed to. We're going to make a big note here on mercury because this is a really, really big one for people with MS. So if you have amalgam fillings or if you are eating food that has a higher concentration of mercury, I'm sure most people probably know, bigger carnivorous fish like tuna and swordfish have higher mercury content. Usually not a problem because your gut is is sealed and these molecules can't link through. But if you've got increased permeability, the amount of mercury that passes from the, from the gut into the bloodstream increases astronomically. We're talking like 8,000 to 10,000 times more. So this is, this is huge, this is, this is massive. This is such a significant increase in toxicity. So you're exposed to the same level of toxicity, but it's way more toxic because you actually absorb way more. It stays in your gut, it's not such a problem. You'll just get rid of it when you go to the bathroom. If you absorb it, that's when it really becomes toxic. And maybe one layer even more sinister than this is if you have alterations in your microflora, so you have some parasites, some pathogenic organisms, or organisms that produce compounds that are toxic to you. So certain gram-negative organisms produce something called lipopolysaccharide, which is a type of endotoxin. This means it's a, a poison that's produced in your own digestive system. It stays in your, in your gut, no problem, it's fine. Even healthy people produce this. But if you've got increased permeability and these molecules start to leak into the bloodstream, that is a recipe for disaster. Because now you've got undigested proteins, you've got undigested sugars, you've got components of viruses and bacteria or even living bacteria and viruses. I mean, can you imagine what the immune system is gonna do when it sees that? It goes absolutely crazy. It just goes on full alert and it triggers a, an extremely high level immune response. But the thing that, that's really scary here is not only does it attack these, these components that have leaked into your blood, 
It also attacks anything in your body that looks like these components. In the case of MS, you may have a bacterial species, you may have something that's leaking in from the gut that looks like myelin. So when your body attacks this molecule, it also creates antibodies that attack your own myelin. And now you've triggered essentially what looks like autoimmune multiple sclerosis. But in any autoimmune condition, the body is not stupid. Your body doesn't just attack itself for no reason. It just doesn't. So you have to ask the question, why is my body doing this? Because my body is really smart. I don't even have to think about it while I'm asleep and my body is creating stomach acid and it's breathing for me and my heart's beating and it's really, really smart. So why is it attacking itself? There's a good reason for it, I guarantee you. We just have to ask the question, why? And we have to try to investigate and figure out what it is, why it's doing that. Figure out why it's doing it, fix that problem, the autoimmune reaction goes away. You've talked um, in some of your other talks about kind of the five pillars. Would you share about that with us? Yeah, okay. So the five pillars is, so these are, these are the golden nuggets, okay? This is where you really wanna be taking notes. So what I've, what I've done here is I've, I've created, I wouldn't even say I've created, I've distilled. I've taken this 100% of knowledge that I was exposed to and I've distilled it down into the stuff that's really what makes the difference. So the five pillars, I describe them as the five primary functions of the digestive system. These being stomach acid, digestive enzymes, bile, motility, and mucosa. These are the, pri the five primary functions of the digestive system. If you have leaky gut, if you have any kind of digestive symptom, if you have anything happening with an autoimmune condition that is connected to leaky gut, absolutely, without doubt, without exception, it is always, every single time, one of these five pillars. I've worked with hundreds, I'd say thousands of clients by now. I've worked with thousands of people. It's always one of these five. And sometimes it's more than that. But in my case, it was every single one. All of my five pillars were weakened or completely collapsed. And that's why I had such severe food sensitivities, such a bad leaky gut, and I was in such an ill state of health. So this accounts for, I would say, it's a good 80 or 90% of what's happening in your digestive system. Yeah, there's other things like there's a lot of immunity that happens there. There's, there's some other stuff, but we can't talk about every single thing because there's so much. So what I try to do with this is we try to look at 80 or 90% distilled into these five pillars. And if you do that and you do that properly, you can find an 80 to 90% improvement. And I see this again and again. This is not something that I just did myself. I built this process through trial and error of, I'm sure many, many people listening can relate. I had cupboards and cupboards just full of supplements. Mm. I, had so, I had tried so many different things and it made me realize that you want to improve digestive function, you have to focus on these five pillars. And if you improve digestive function, you improve the function of everything, every other system inside your body because that's where your nutrients come from. That's where the seat of your immune system is. That's where if, you, if your gut isn't working properly and you have leaky gut or increased intestinal permeability, that's the thing that's draining your body the most. Your gut that's supposed to be nourishing you is punishing you. And we need to, to flip that. We need to swap that dynamic. I hope you've enjoyed part one of our podcast about good gut health. Join us again for the second part of the series as we explore the five pillars of the gut in greater depth and question where our own weakest links are.